0: Today on We Here, Pamela Anderson's latest attempt at marriage only lasted 12 days, and page six knows exactly why. We'll tell you why New York Fashion Week is full of scrubs, and Macaulay Culkin is back and talking about everything from auditioning for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to his close relationship with Michael Jackson. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, yeah. Do you need to divorce. Across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coughlin. And
1: I'm Ian Moore. And welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast.
0: We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Pamela Anderson. Pamela
1: Anderson, this is a crazy story because I remember reading last month that she got married, and then about two weeks later... The story was that she was divorced. You might remember on this podcast, we talked about her getting married for the fifth time, right? She's been married five times to four men, if that makes any so sense. So, the most and she married, John Peters, the one time Barbra Streisand hairdresser turned Hollywood power producer.
0: Talk about a star rise,
1: talk about a star rise. That's who's, once who's upon also a time in Hollywood, five times. He's 74 and he and she's 52, but John Peters. There's a dispute between these two Mm -hmm. over who broke up with whom. The battle lines are being drawn, Maggie. They're not only arguing about who broke up with whom, but who proposed to whom. Each one is saying that it was the other person's idea to get married after this less than two-week debacle. And now John Peters is exclusively told page six is Mara Siegler that that while they were married for 12 days, he paid all of Pam Anderson's debts to the tune of $200,000. He said in an email to Mara, I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted it to be that we were going our own separate ways. But when I read your article, I felt the need to tell the true story. He also said if she meant controlling, I've paid her bills since she was broke. I bought her a completely new wardrobe.
0: Ouch. Oh,
1: Pamela Anderson's team, by the way, said, despite Mr. Peter's efforts to elicit a response from Ms. Anderson, she had, has no comment to provide and wishes him well. She also, the, Her rep said these claims are not only entirely fabricated, they are ludicrous.
0: Ludicrous. And not the rapper. <laughs> Whew, there's so much to unpack here. There's really levels to this amazing story. This is a story that could truly only run in page six. Well, we have people blaming each other for the idea of marriage, which is supposed to be a positive thing. I don't know why we're playing the blame game here. A 12-day marriage, $200,000 in debt, a fifth marriage for both parties, a former hairdresser for one Barbara Streisand. I'm like, it doesn't get any better than this.
1: Well, John Peters told us um, in a new report that he dropped everything for Pam. He says she had almost $200,000 in bills and no way to pay it, so I paid it, and this is the thanks I get. There's no fool like an
0: old fool. Ugh. I mean, he's right. There is no fool like an old (laughs) fool. They just don't make him like that anymore. But what a flex this is. This idea that, so Peters told Morrow when she was working on the story that he was engaged to another woman. Although he's not saying who this other person was. And this woman was allegedly going to move into his home. Where is she? What's happening with her?
1: That's right. John Peters told us there's more to the story. And then he sent us some texts Um, that he had sent to Pamela Anderson, he alleges, saying um, these past nine days have been a beautiful, amazing love fest when he was ending their marriage, according to him. But this whole marriage thing with lawyers, debt, and Jasmine has scared me. It made me realize that at 74, I need a simple, quiet life and not an international love affair. Just to be clear, Jasmine is a... A website that Pamela Anderson was doing some promotion for, which John Peters says that that's where she's been getting, you know, the bulk of her money lately. Well, it um, sounds like he, he, he
0: wasn't ready for the huge amount of coverage that their marriage got. It sounds like he got a little camera shy. Well,
1: I think what happened was something that they seem to both agree on is that. John Peters thought that this union would help boost Pamela Anderson's career, and he had actually cast her in a movie called Private Dancer. And according to... His text to Pamela Anderson when they broke up, he says, I thought building an empire together would be fun, but I was wrong. I'm a simple guy who loves my kids. I don't want to fly back and forth to Canada, as beautiful as that place is. I don't like traveling. I'm sorry. But he said, I still want you to be in my movie. This will be an amazing breakthrough for you. Our source claims that Pamela Anderson is saying that right after they got married, like immediately after, like a day or two later, she realized that this was a huge mistake And that he was too controlling, that she didn't want him to be involved with her career. It was too much, and that he wanted to control her and control her finances, and um, she realized that she had made a mistake.
0: Okay, but before the story, we had another amazing story where we reported that Pamela says she agreed to marry him because she had just returned from a spiritual cleanse in India, and her heart was too open?
1: Yes, it was that it was too open at the time. So she was was, uh, susceptible to to love. (laughs) She was too susceptible (laughs) to love.
0: Yeah. I'm at such a loss for words over this. It's like, okay, maybe your heart was really open, but you didn't bring up like, do you like traveling? We live in different places. Maybe we should talk about this before we decide we're going to spend our lives together. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned, well, but these are things I like to know about. They a person had dated before I marry thirty them.
1: years ago. I mean, a source things told us things can change
0: in thirty-five years.
1: Well, a source had told us that Pamela does not operate on the same wavelength as other people. She has a huge heart, and she loves big, fast, and hard. I would not expect anything <laughs> less from Pamela Anderson. <laughs> that she came back from her trip, and John said to her, "I love you. Let's get married." So she said, "Okay."
0: Okay is the answer when someone proposes marriage. Okay is what I say when they tell me they only have Pepsi and I've requested Coke. My wife, actually, I don't think ever said okay. I'm actually
1: not sure that she ever accepted (laughs) our proposal. When I proposed, she actually literally looked scared and like she was about to run out into the street and run away.
0: (laughs) It seems to have worked out for you. (laughs) I don't know.
1: But John Peters says that, that Pamela Anderson was the one who, that she wanted to get married and that she asked him to to marry her on a whim.
0: Would you accept a marriage proposal if it came over a text message?
1: Yes, you would. I, let me check my text. <laughs> <Did, laughs> I don't get stuff like that. Well, what's you the know, emoji? I feel like
0: I text for function. I text funny things. I'm not asking you life altering questions on it on text. You're not. Verizon doesn't need know, to know that. Should.
1: I guess so. I mean, what are the emojis there? Like diamond A ring, ring, a
0: heart, two people. I don't know. Smiley
1: face. Um,
0: The emoji now is just like a calendar, a black heart, a sad face for what's going on in their
1: relationship. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there is good news, though, for all this, is that they actually, though they got married in a Malibu ceremony, it turns out they never really filed the legal paperwork to get married. So this thing was pretty easy to... Undo, and I don't know if they were actually. I mean, I know. I mean, they weren't. They're saying they weren't legally, so technically legally married. And as you mentioned before, these Malibu marriages are a little bit, you know.
0: Brody Jenner starting a trend. Although he got married overseas, I believe he was once on a show about living in Malibu. So I'll forever associate him with Malibu. In my yeah. Mind. Well, what
1: happened in the Brody Jenner situation? They would had, had this similar. big,
0: spectacular wedding. I feel like it was in. I don't know. It was in a beautiful, beautiful place. And then when they split, it was like, oh, actually, we never filed for an actual marriage license. Which I guess is better than a prenup, if you think about it. Kind of
1: modern. Yeah. Um,
0: A commitment ceremony. I
1: wonder if this was all in a very Hollywood way, just a way for Pam Anderson to get out of starring in Private Dancer.
0: Oh. Oh, that is a very clever right? take. Could it
1: have all been like she just wanted to back out of the project and backed out of the marriage?
0: This woman was writing poems about their love. Something had to have gone down in this nine-day love fest that we're unaware of. Poems.
1: Oh, that's true. She confer- Well, that was the thing is we had reported on this story and we thought it was so cute when it first happened. Mm-hmm. When they first got married and she confirmed the marriage in a poem. That's true. But you know what? Her heart was still very open at that point because of this cleanse. And that's where the poetry can flow from sometimes. I mean, can close little... up the heart.
0: <laughs> Let's get back to business, <laughs> Pam.
1: Oh. <laughs> now, one thing, though, that we should also say is that while each of each side's story is totally different, right, they each say the other one proposed on a whim, they each say the other one broke up, you know, they also are each claiming that the other one is lying. So John Peters basically says everything that Pamela Anderson's camp told us was a lie— and Pamela Anderson's camp is saying that everything John Peters is saying is a fabrication. So,
0: But what's not up for dispute is that I've had items in my fridge longer than these two were married. It's New York Fashion Week, an event that used to be a highly sought after ticket. I,
1: Yeah, it's kind of a dud, Maggie. I I'm going to just know. go ahead and say it
0: kind of a bummer. It's It's not what it used to be. kind of a
1: major buzzkill. This year, so New York Fashion Week, I was looking back at, um, you know, who's been at New York Fashion Week Mm -hmm. and some of the items we've written. And some of the big people are Rudy Giuliani. I I don't know if you want him in the front row of your fashion show. And like, you know, Kathy Hilton Mm -hmm. was like wandering around. I heard an Oscar de la Renta show holding a small stuffed sheep. It's like, it looks like a stuffed animal on it with her purse. But why, I can tell you why I think this Fashion Week is such a dud. Why? It's Tom Ford's fault. Oh. Yeah, the fashion designer Tom Ford.
0: So why is it his fault?
1: It's all his fault because Tom Ford has moved his fashion show to LA Mm -hmm. where he lives because he's also like a big Hollywood director Mm -hmm. and basically what he's ingeniously figured out and he's done for the past few years is he had he does his big fashion show right before the Oscars so it's like when everyone's in town it's sort of like been enveloped if I may use the word into all the Oscar week parties so basically he has all these huge stars there it's a totally captive audience right and but by having his fashion show in L.A., he's stealing all the thunder from New York Fashion Week. And so, mm-hmm. for example, Gigi Hadid and Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner all walked in his show. That means that's a day that they're not going to be in New York. And right. they have to fly back and forth if they're going to do New York Fashion Week shows. And um, actually, there have been some reports in the New York Post that the, um, the CFDA mm-hmm. is um, – kind of upset with Tom Ford for, you know, putting a crimp in Fashion Week style.
0: Well, it's funny because, you know, we used to report so much on who was getting that front row seat. And now, I mean, we just ran a story about Melissa Gorga from The Real Housewives of New Jersey walking the runway. Yeah, I was looking like these are the people who have been on the runways of
1: New York Fashion Week. Bill Nye, the science guy? (laughs) I don't know, not necessarily... A guy. He's
0: not Bill Nye the fashion guy, <laughs> right. Bill Nye exactly. the model guy, Me- he's here for science. Melissa
1: Gorga, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of housewives, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of C-list stars, and um, yeah, even Jeremy Scott, um, who has a lot of celebrity fans, right, like Katy Perry, remember Katy Perry wore his... The hamburger yes, outfit the that he designed and um, um, Rihanna, you know, he has all these celebrity uh, acolytes. Mm-hmm. He even canceled his New York Fashion Week show um, and sources told the post that it was because of the Tom Ford show mm. and uh, that Ford had ruffled the style world's. This has ruffled the style world's fur. We need to talk to the copy editor <laughs> on this but I think it's ruffled the style world's feathers. And also fur, not very... we post <laughs> That he ruffled the style I hope world's it was feathers fake. by abandoning New York Fashion Week for LA and that Jeremy Scott, like, canceled his show less than two weeks before the event and decided to move his show to Paris mm-hmm. because he'd get more attention in Paris. Tom Ford's show had stars there, including J-Lo and A-Rod, a.k.a. J-Rod. Renee Zellweger, I AKA mean, Rizel, Had stars. Bezos Sid Sanchez, <laughs> aka Bezchez, Kate Hudson, <laughs> K HUD, Miley Cyrus, MySai and Jason Momoa, Jamoa, J <laughs> We're all at Tom Ford show taking stealing the thunder from the New York Fashion Week. Meantime, we had Rudy Giuliani was at New York Fashion Week. We caught up with him at a Zang Toy Show where uh, he told us, I'm not very good with fashion. I try. I was just at my tailor today. I would maybe wear a navy blue suit 60% of the time than sometimes gray or black. So when I want to feel like I'm going out, I want to feel like Ronald Reagan. So I wear a brown suit.
0: That's who you want? That's a fashion icon? That is the
1: biggest story out of Fashion Week. Oh my God. That is the biggest story out of New York Fashion Week. That's what's up.
0: We're talking about Ronald Reagan's fashion.
1: So people are are mad at Tom Ford. I
0: will say the only front row I was really excited about was Christian Siriano who showed, and he had Leslie Jones kind of being super vocal about Coco Rocha wearing like a crazy over-the-top dress and hat combo. Heidi Klum was there, Alexa Chung. Basically, people who are on television about fashion. It
1: feels like cameras are rolling all the time. We also reported that there was a near fist fight at the Christian Siriano show.
0: But that's the Fashion Week energy we need.
1: In New York.
0: In New York. This is New York, kid. Come on. So
1: it's about (laughs) Real Housewives, Bill Nye, Rudy Giuliani, and fist fights. It's
0: about like you go to a show to see who's getting... In kind of a dust-up about seat assignments.
1: A source had also told the post of the models being sort of stolen for Tom Ford's show, that the overlap was a real challenge in in terms of the top models going out to L.A. Um, And uh, a fashion industry insider said, A lot of steam went out of New York this season. From a casting perspective, it was difficult. Our whole industry's in flux. Tom's decampment only complicated the issue.
0: Mm, Bella and Gigi Hadid can only be in one place at a time. Yeah, pe- they can't walk every single show. It
1: doesn't bode well for New York Fashion Week. And also, on top of Tom Ford defecting, Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, and other designers have already jumped ship and uh, weren't showing at New York Fashion Week this season.
0: RIP Fashion Week.
1: Wow, you heard it
0: here first. Damn, Maggie. Macaulay Culkin is on the cover of Esquire. And we're learning a lot about him. McCulkin. He goes by Mac, we learned. <laughs> he
1: goes by Mac now. I think on the cover it says Mac Culkin.
0: Mac the knife.
1: McCulkin. Mac the Culkin. Hi, McCulkin. That's like a de- good detective name. Yeah. Um, all right, Maggie. And you had
0: an exclusive McCul- item about this. I had an
1: exclusive, that's true. <laughs> an exclusive Esquire pickup, I guess you would call it. But that is true. Macaulay Culkin in this interview, who hasn't been around in a while, or he hasn't spoken out publicly, and he, he even says, like, I've been kind of on the DL for a couple years. Keeping a low he has profile. He pretty good revelations in this piece. I mean, he does talk about his relationship with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. He does talk about what he's been up to for two years. He does talk about uh, drugs. Um, but his childhood. M- his childhood. But my fa- and a run-in with James Franco, which was what my item was about. This article um,
0: has everything. <laughs>
1: and it has everything. But my favorite detail in this thing was that he auditioned for Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do we know for which role? He doesn't say what the role is, but he does reveal it was a disaster. <gasps> I wouldn't have hired me. He says, I'm terrible at auditions anyway, and this was my first audition in like eight years.
0: Wow. And
1: I mean, I have a theory as to what role he might have played. Go ahead. I think he probably would have been cast, obviously, in my mind, as one of the Manson family.
0: I think so, too. Because he's got that
1: creepy-ass vibe.
0: But I like to think in a parallel universe, it could have been Macaulay Culkin sweeping all the award shows, us talking oh, about his think, hair. Oh, I like it. Wait, but you think Macaulay Culkin was I, up for the Leo I, or the Brad I don't, role? I don't think he was. I could definitely <laughs> see him as a Manson family affiliate, but... I like to fantasize. I like Manson Family Affiliate. It's like a Wu Tang <laughs> exactly. affiliate. Exactly. A Manson
1: Family Affiliate. Oh, he wasn't in the Manson family. It's okay. He was just an affiliate. He opened for them once. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so he said he hasn't auditioned in eight years because he's been doing what? I think he has a podcast. Oh, God. What? Man, oh, God. He's got a podcast. We got to get on it.
1: I can't. I don't have time for I'm only. I barely have time for our podcast. I have time man. to be
0: on Macaulay Culkin's podcast. I got a lot of questions. So this is where he says he
1: says that, you know, he's been kind of on the down low for a couple years and he says people assume that i'm crazy or a kook or damage weird cracked and up until the last year or two i haven't really put myself out there at all so i can understand that it's also like okay everybody stop acting so freaking shocked that i'm relatively well adjusted
0: Wow. I guess
1: people thought he was, like, kind of a weirdo.
0: I mean, that's because he grew up in the spotlight. We knew about all of his family drama, the issues with his parents, and he talks about that a little, yeah.
1: He also says, you know what? I actually am a snowflake.
0: Oh. Hmm. It's
1: beautiful. But um, he also talks about a run-in that he had with James Franco on an airplane, which is what I wrote about. Um, Basically, after... HBO's explosive Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, came out. Macaulay Culkin ran into James Franco on a plane. Mm. And uh, they, don't, they don't really know each other that well. But he says as they were putting their bags in the overhead compartment, he, he gave Franco a little nod. And uh, Franco just said to him, so that documentary... And then there was That's just it? like, so, yeah, so the documentary, and Culkin just didn't really say much. And then Franco apparently said, what do you think? And Culkin says, I turn to him and I go, do you want to talk about your dead friend?
0: Wow. And then
1: Franco sheepishly went, no, I don't. So I said, cool, man. It was nice to see you. Some Culkin plain shade. Wow. Yeah.
0: Is that a federal crime? That level that, of shade in oh. the air? That's <laughs> wow, intense,
1: Maggie. You are really like by the book.
0: No, I'm like, should we notify an air marshal that no, that I exchange think this is went one of down? The more
1: innocent exchanges that happens between people putting their bags in the overhead. Bin.
0: <laughs> it's like, right? excuse me, do I you have people a people go Clorox wipe <laughs> I could borrow? You want to talk about your dead friend?
1: <laughs> I guess so. But I'm just he,
0: like, can I get a seltzer?
1: He also says about Michael Jackson that. He never did anything to me. He says he never saw Michael Jackson do anything, but he also talks about that. You know, this might be a good time that if anything happened, this would be a an opportune time to come out and say something. Mm. But uh, and he says he would if anything had. But but he he asserts that nothing happened. Meantime, he has a very close relationship still with Paris Jackson, Michael's daughter, and he's the god. He's the her godfather.
0: Yeah. And they have a strange friendship tradition, it sounds like, with the spoons?
1: Yeah, they have a weird thing where they steal spoons, he says, from restaurants, and then they give the spoons to each other. And he says it's innocent and all in good fun, although, I don't know, if there's like a major spoon shortage at your
0: restaurant, maybe that's not so fun (laughs) if a lot of people order soup that day. You think a waitress is reading this right now and she's like, the next time that guy comes in, I'm asking for the spoons back. Totally. You know what I would do
1: too. It would be cool if they gave each other the spoons and they played the spoons like yeah. <laughs> Or started a spoon cover <laughs> band. <laughs> very very primus. Um, so. What sounds the spoons in your home? Make? <laughs> uh, no one plays <laughs> the spoons anymore. I remember as a lad when that's what you did. That that was entertainment before Instagram. <laughs> that's before the internet, man. Before the internet, um, when you when you amuse yourself. Uh, yeah. By whittling and playing some spoons with old Uncle... Uncle Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Mac. So, uh, no, they trade the spoons. I don't know if they play the spoons, but they did get matching spoon tattoos. Mm. You know, Paris Jackson has so many tattoos, mm-hmm. and I guess one of them is on her forearm of a spoon. And Mac Culkin has a, uh, a similar one. Um, wait, what was what was um, what's the name of Ariana Grande's late boyfriend? The Pittsburgh Mac Miller. Rapper? Mac Miller. I think that Culkin is now trying to Mac on the whole Mac name and be Mac Culkin. Wow. Rather than Mac Miller, but that's just a theory.
0: note: huh. He doesn't Side note. talk
1: about that. He didn't say that to Esquire. But that's
0: one of the hard-hitting questions that I would have asked had I done the feature. Uh, another detail, which seems like a big deal is that Macaulay Culkin and his girlfriend Brenda Song are trying to have a baby. He said. Right. He says they've been doing a lot
1: of practicing. But Which I is th- how I imagine you I, get a baby. <laughs> I think it's more practicing of the parenting than the actual procreation. Oh. But I don't know.
0: But then that kind of leads into the question, Macaulay Culkin being a child star would and having a baby with someone else who's been on television... Will they allow their kid to go into acting or entertainment or will they try to keep that kid away from Hell the spotlight? Hell
1: yes. Go right into acting. The mm. Culkin dynasty.
0: I think that's what's happening I here. think
1: the thing with this Macaulay Culkin cover, though, it's funny because this is a cover story. So he's on the cover of Esquire.
0: Wearing a bathrobe, which
1: is so cool. Oh, I don't know if that's so cool in the Me Too era, Maggie.
0: Oh, God, I didn't even think of I that. I think like that. a bathrobe. Cut that. Curb Your Enthusiasm. at that. No. I'm going c- to curse, so they have to that. No, do not it. cut it.
1: Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> just did a whole plot line on Larry David innocently wearing a bathrobe and then being assumed to be a sex pest.
0: I mean, if you're on the cover of a magazine wearing a, a silk robe, it doesn't always have to mean sex pest. It could just mean life <laughs> of leisure.
1: <laughs> I guess. Well, that's what they're bringing back the bathrobe at Esquire, but... I think the reason for the interest being peaked again in Mac Culkin is because of his brother basically on succession. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that? I think that like Kieran Culkin's star rising is bringing back interest in the whole Culkin sitch.
0: I believe that. They both share a love for accessories. Now, you've heard me talk on this podcast before about Kieran's arm party, which is what you call a lot of bracelets on someone's arm. Uh, oh,
1: God. Is that what you call it? Ew. You've never heard you that? Know what? No. You know what's so funny? The type of guys who would wear a lot of bracelets <laughs> would say on their arm, arm party. would call it an arm party. Yeah. It's like
0: gross i mean it's it's a dated term but people have said it um so in the shoot macaulay colkin has like nail polish on some interesting jewelry and i'm just like this family is really into statement accessories i guess i would say maggie that it was a calculated risk (laughs) (laughs) wow well that's it for this episode of we here our show is produced by jamila zara williams and melissa carceres We'd love to hear your questions and ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? Email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. Don't forget to leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.